Amen. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Come on, I said give God some praise, not some, not some whispering. Come on. I know some of y'all have got to be wondering why in God's name, Pastor has got a bed. I am tired. I had a great Saturday. That's all I'm saying. I'm leaving it at that. But um, are y'all blessed to be in the house of God tonight, or this morning? I'm still sleeping. I said tonight. I am really excited about something, and I'm going to try and deliver this message in as quick a fashion as I can, but I have a, a, a analogy, a metaphorical view, or a little thing that I need you to see this bed. Is that all right? I'm, I'm going to say this before I even go forward with this message that uh, some of y'all might get offended by what I say. Um, so... If you, could you take this some base off of me? If you were to really think about what I'm going to say, and you think you might get offended because you see it better up there, you know you ain't been right with God, I'm just saying, uh, you might want to leave now. So maybe i see you next Sunday. But I was talking to a friend of mine, and if y'all got Facebook, y'all saw it this week. And it, uh, being convicted by God is being convinced that what you're doing in your life is wrong. And to be convinced that what you're doing is wrong means that you have got to birth forth a change in your spirit. Somebody say amen. Can I talk to you tonight? Y'all said yes, I'm going to go tonight. Can I talk to you this morning? Uh, as many of you know, one of my favorite scriptures to preach on is Samson and Delilah. Because Samson was an OG. He was a pimp. And y'all, I can say pimp in church. I'm just saying. Uh, Samson knew exactly what he shouldn't do and did it. But I don't want to talk about Samson today. I want to talk about that jump off Delilah. Because the fact of the matter is this, that the spirit of Delilah has infiltrated the church. And we're worried about Jezebel. We're worried about tradition. We're worried about everything else. But Delilah is slipping into your bedrooms. And you're saying, but pastor, I've been celibate for two months. I ain't talking about sex today. It might be sexual with you, I don't know, but I'm just, I'm not talking about sex today. Can I talk about it today? Can I go there today? There's something about sin that you have got to realize is contagious. Somebody say amen. amen. So for too long as a body of Christ, we've allowed the sins of our past to remain in our present, and they dominate our future. Somebody talk to me today. I'm going to keep it 100 today. You already know I'm keeping it raw today. And if you think you might be offended, I got two exits. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, realize that I am not talking about you or to you, but I'm talking about you and to you. Um, before anybody comes and cries and texts me after church, uh, this message is not directed towards any one individual. Y'all must be like, what are you going to talk about all this craziness? Um, uh, yeah, you, this is not towards any one single individual. This is a disclaimer huh, over the body of Christ. Somebody shout glory. glory. Uh, you best believe that I am here today to get in your business. And to let you know it's about high time you got the devil out your bed. Uh, your bed is a representation in your life of a place of intimacy with God. A place where you can get safe with God. A place where you can find rest in his presence. Somebody shout rest. A, a place where you can find wholeness. And, and you have to understand that your bed is a, is, a, is a very intimate place. I don't know about your people, but I don't like people even touching my blankets. Don't use my pillows. I don't care if you're my cousin, my sister, anybody. Don't touch my blankets. Don't touch my personal space of my bed. I don't like that. I don't know what body odors you got. I don't know when the last time you took a shower. I don't know when the last time you cleaned your hair is. I don't want no grease stains on my pillow. Somebody shout amen. amen. And you have got to understand that you keep on letting the devil in your bed, but you won't let your family in your bed. But the devil himself can get up in your bed. You've got to understand that your bed is a place of a secret. Not a secret place, it's a place of a secret. 
You have to understand my bed is where I refresh my body and my spirit. A place where I find comfort and rest. A bed serves a greater purpose than you will ever know, and you don't appreciate your bed until you get some back pain. You don't appreciate your bed until you're tired. That's why some of y'all put on Facebook, I wish I was in my bed. If your bed is bad, it can twist your back up and cause all types of pain. But I want to talk about your spiritual bed. Your bed is not just a physical place where you need to rest. It's a place where your spirit gets recharged and it is a place where the enemy is out to trap your mind. Because that's why some of y'all can't sleep at night. Somebody tell your neighbor, your bed. The sooner you realize the devil is after your bed, the sooner you will have a victory in your life because you've been sleeping with the devil and never even knew it. Truth is, the majority of the church, the body of Christ in Bridgeport, Stratford, I don't care where you're from, the church as a whole is in a very dire place where they have no sanctity or holiness and no righteousness in the church. And we're living all types of way, and the devil is in our bed. Somebody say, my bed. The enemy is in your bed, and you need to drive him out of your bed before he makes his way from your bed up into your head, and he begins to make you think all types of things that are wrong. Because you sit at night and you say, I can't sleep right now. Where's my volunteer? Somebody give it up for Sister Erica right now. I was going to have a couple, but then I... I figured to myself, even these married folk, I can't trust them on the bed these days. <laughs> How old are you, Erica? Erica is 28 years old. She is single. <laughs> um, applications must go through me. As my sister Judy said, if you are painfully aware that you have already been rejected, please do not reapply. This is not American Idol. <laughs> so I'm going to move on. I plugged you. I got you, sis. The enemy is after your bed. How many of you could, by, by, by a word of your testimony, can attest to the fact that there are times in your life where you cannot sleep? I'm so sick and tired of people saying, God woke me up last night to pray. That's why I'm tired. That's not God. You will not be tired if he told you to wake up and pray. You are tired because you are sleeping in your bed. Could you sleep for us? And you are literally tossing and turning. You got to do some tossing and turning. You're tossing and turning, and you're all messed up, and you're supposed to be having rest in your life. And the fact of the matter is you're getting sleep, but your spirit is not getting rest. You're hearing this. Your body is being refreshed, but your spirit is in turmoil. Tell the person next to you, you got Delilah in your bed. Delilah is in your bed. Somebody say, Delilah. You have to understand that you need to drive the enemy out of your bed. Once the enemy gets an inch, he'll take a foot. He takes a foot. He got a foothold. He got a foothold. He got a stronghold. And then next thing you know, you are a prisoner in your own home. You have all types of things and you're tossing. Come on, toss and turning. Somebody say tossing and turning. You wake up at night breaking out in a sweat. You have all types of dreams. I'm tired of the whole body of Christ having prophetic dreams. I, I'm sick and tired of it. God spoke to me, but I don't know what it meant. Then it wasn't God. I'm just so tired of people tossing and turning all night long in their sleep. Because you sweat, but your spirit is in turmoil. The fact of the matter is that you have to drive Delilah out of your bed. It is not God's will for you not to be rested and recharged in your spirit. Your bed should not look like you done been in a fight when you wake up. You got to drive the enemy out of your bed. But there's a Delilah in your bed. Judges chapter 16. Verses 6 through 16. And the word of God reads, So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me the secret, somebody say secret, secret, of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. How stupid we are. Yes, I'm calling some people in this place stupid. Because the enemy gives you his plan from the get-go. The enemy tells you, I'm out to attack you, to steal your joy, to take your worship. But what do we do? 
We let him. And he comes in our bed. And he says, you know, you should tell me how I can mess you up. And they look at you with those beautiful eyes and just, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to screw up. God's grace is sufficient. He'll forgive me. I, just this one time. I need you over here real quick, Erica. Just this one time. You see, you got to understand something about sin. Sin, come on over here right in front. It's, it's transferable. You get what I'm saying? Y'all following me? Sin is transferable. My, somebody say glitter. Yeah. Other day, after church, one of the younger children who remain nameless, uh, whose father is in the praise and worship team, who he sings. He's not a, he's not a musician, but I'm not going to say no names. And um, he's not me, but he's the other guy who sings. No names. His name means God is with us. You know, um, I'm just going to say, I'm, just, I'm not going to say who it is. But there's a song named after him called Emmanuel, Emmanuel. I'm just playing. And his daughter wore a shirt, a Puerto Rican shirt, <laughs> with glitter. And she sat in the third row. And the only reason I knew she sat in the third row was because there was glitter everywhere. And little Alexis had to dive into it after church. And she's diving with glitter. Oh, it's glitter. Like if somebody never seen glitter before. But glitter has a way of catching your eye. I don't understand why you females put glitter up in your face and in your hair. Uh, I never didn't know when that was cute to put arts and crafts in your... I want you to go home tomorrow and put some paint brushes or something and uh, some canvas paint. I'm just saying. But um, glitter was all over the place. And it was so much glitter, I thought her whole shirt came off. She must have been naked walking out the church because it was that much glitter. But glitter is just like, you know, sorry about that. And it just... <laughs> It gets on you, and it just, you know, it just, and most of it falls off, and it goes to the ground. And at night when she's, it's funny, right? At night when she's, I'm sorry, forgive me, when she's thinking, excuse me, this is like my sister, and she is gorgeous no matter what. Y'all need to stop. And it's like, it gets up in your mind, and it goes from your mind up into your shoulders, and it brings that weight. You get what I'm saying? Yes, thank you. And it brings a weight, and it begins to get everywhere where you're at. And when you come in contact with somebody, hey, sister, God bless you. You know what so-and-so did in their life, and you begin to spread your sin into their life. And glitter has a way of just kind of like getting everywhere, everywhere. I already arranged the cleanup crew. And, and you got to understand that. Could you go to bed now? And she's been, she's been weighted down now, and she has the, the cares of the world on her shoulders. And, and she doesn't think anything about it because her robes are as white as righteousness in God's eyes. But she goes to sleep, and the enemy is waiting for you in your bedroom. And the transfer of the sin gets over her sheets. And as she goes about her life, She's going to wake up. Come on, wake up in the morning. Come on, wake up quicker than that. Get the eye boogers out, girl. Come on. And she's going to say, I don't, I don't want none of this stuff no more. Come on, wipe yourself clean. You are like, this is the perfect robe, uncle. Thank you so much. And you get back down there. You're, you're living your life. Living your life. But yet, but yet right here, waiting for her when she comes back. Just waiting for her. Somebody say waiting. Come on, sin has a way of waiting on you for returning. It has a way of knowing how to leave you alone. I heard the dumbest Christian song in the world, and I wanted to call the radio station and slap somebody. It was this Caribbean song, and the city was saying, blame sin. Blame sin. You can't blame sin. That's the dumbest song I ever heard. Of. Blame sin. What do you mean blame sin? We do it. Somebody like the person next to you say, you did it. Verse 7 says, Samson answered, if anyone tries me with seven fresh thongs, not thongs, that have not been dried, I become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh thongs. You okay there, Adelina? Uh, that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. 
uh, with the men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the thongs as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. You see, it's not the first time that you give in. It's the second or third or fourth or fifth time the enemy is allowed to get into your life. Thank you very much right there. Green shirt. I mean, Todd, you, you talking right too. Uh, so Delilah asked him again, you've made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. Samson must have been the dumbest guy I ever met. But like I said last week, love makes you do crazy things. Now understand that although he knew she was going to attempt to subdue him, he decided to try and tell her something else. If I know the enemy is trying to get after me, I would think that I would want to leave that place and get her out of my bed. You can only subdue a strong man while he's yet asleep. Because if he's awake, he's going to fight you. Somebody say fight. So the Bible says, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then, with men hidden in the room, she called him Samson. The Philistines are upon you, but he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Verse 13, Delilah then said to Samson, Until now, you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. Once again, the enemy's coming after your life, and he's asking you, he's asking you, and he'll put everything in your path, every person, every place. You've got to understand that he will do anything, go anywhere, just to trip you up. You have to understand this story is starting in the bed. The story is starting because why? He allowed the spirit of Delilah into his bed. You're with me? Am I losing you? So he replied, if seven braids of my head into the fabric of the loom, tighten it with a pin, I become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabric and tightened it with a pin. She called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. So he awoke from his sleep and pulled up the pin and the loom with fabric. She said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you made a fool of me and I haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired up until the point of death. Women have a way, I'm just kidding. The devil has got a way of nagging you. And pressing on you and pushing on you and messing with you until you give in. You see, but Samson did not lock his door. He let the jump off into his room. And the jump off jumped on him. And he, she began to prod him and began to just sit there and tell me, tell me, tell me. Until he could take it no longer. Somebody say no longer. She said to him in verse 15, how can you say you love me? You don't love me if you won't tell me, uncle. How many times do you use that line on somebody? If you love me, you'll tell me. There's some things that aren't meant for people to know. There's some things you need to keep between you and God. There's some things in your life that you've got to understand that are between you and God. So he told her everything. I'm reading verse 17. No razor has ever been used on my head. Because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. And if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. And I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she went and sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. Somebody say it only takes one time. He's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. And having put him to sleep, somebody shout sleep, on her lap. She called the man to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep. I go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know the Lord had left him. You've got to understand something. 
Can I talk to your heart real quick? That when you allow the enemy into your bed, see, I, I correlate the story very well because it said something. The first time, or the third time, excuse me, she told, he told her, if you were to braid my hair seven times, yada, yada, yada. Uh, if you read in that last verse I just read, it says that she cut those seven braids off. You're saying, Pastor, what are you trying to say? There wasn't a lot of time in between these occurrences. It wasn't like they kept on coming and going. It was one after the other. The enemy is out to get you as quickly as possible. Just because some of y'all in church don't mean you're right with God. Can I, can I talk to you? Just because you are, you are before God and you have to understand uh, that because you come to church does not constitute that you are saved. There is a spirit of Delilah infiltrating the body. Somebody say the body. The devil desires to enter your life and to seek the source of your strength. He is out to bring a transfer of sin into your life from that thought process or that spirit into you. Because when you have glitter on you, people you come in contact with get glitter. Have you ever saw a girl or somebody and you give them a kiss on their cheek and next thing you know, you've got glitter on you. And somebody said, Pastor, why you got glitter? And I said, that wasn't me. And they said, sure. And I said, okay, whatever. But it's a transfer of sin. Kind of like the way some of y'all might go gossip to somebody. And you're sitting there, you're just gossiping, and you saying, girl, do you know what so-and-so said and did? You would not believe she went out and got so drunk that she was sitting with the porcelain throne all morning, hugging it, throwing up. She ain't saved, and she be talking about, yeah, and she be teaching Sunday school and stuff, and she's supposed to be a Christian. You knew it too? I was like, yo, I know she a jump. Because when she get drunk, girls do anything. You know how it is. But don't tell nobody. But we saved. And we sit there and say, uh, you know, coming for you. <laughs> You'd be like, you know. Man, don't play with me, man. You just be like, you know, you would not believe that I think I smelled alcohol on Emmanuel's breath. And he's trying to, how my, my, my microphones and stuff? We got to pray for him. We've got to pray for him because that dude ain't right. But don't tell nobody. He's got that transfer of sin on him. And so it started as in her bed. Now, when he goes to sleep, his spirit is just releasing. Because when you go to sleep, you release things. Sorry, you look cute, though. You're like glistening and, and shining. And when you go to sleep, things begin to settle in your spirit. You've got to understand that Delilah made her intentions clear to the person next to you. The devil knows what he wants. She simply wanted to do one thing, steal his strength. Delilah was probably fine as mine. You already know it. Know him, Samson? He was a big, strong man. He probably knew how to pick some fly chicks, Doc. I'm telling you, he knew. You know what I'm saying? She was probably like a Coke bottle. You know what I'm saying? But um, uh, it's not about how things look. Because some things in your life seem okay, but God knows that you are tore up from the floor up. God knows that as you come to church, that you're pretty messed up. And the problem is this. Hot, frumpy mess. That's sick, nasty. Here's a problem. You see, y'all can't even see this in my hand. It's a grain of rice. And some of y'all think that your little problem is a grain of rice. And that it's not that big and you can barely, let me just, y'all see that? Lewis, you can see that? No. That's how, that's how it is most of the time. That some of y'all going to be really upset with me right now, but I don't care. That um, that's your problem to you. You make your problem seem smaller than what it really is. You take your problem and you say, I can fix that. Me and God, we're gonna, we're, we got this. Doc, yo, we got this. Kippen, we, we got this. We can handle this. That's it. Veto, we got this. My little problem, I'm going to leave it at church. 
I'm going to leave that in God's hands. We come back looking for our little, where'd that go? Because I want to call her up tomorrow night because I am feeling kind of lonely. Let me just, hold on. I might need that, Lord. I might need that, Lord. Can I keep it real? And here's what happens, like, okay, this is what really happens. See, one little grain of rice isn't a problem. You know, the good thing about rice is you put, like, my father was teaching me how to make rice, and I can make some darn good white rice. Don't play with me. Uh, I put tocino on everything. I'm just saying. And I understand that he said, like, put, like, three cups in. I'm going to want more than a cup, Daddy. Your cup and mine. He goes, trust me, it's going to be a lot of rice. Put three or four cups. Trust me. Like, that little bit of rice, that I don't know. But there's something about rice. When you give it water, and water represents life, when you give it that, it begins to expand. And so when you have everybody's dry rice problems in the church, it begins to make, you think that's wild, check this, it begins to make a mess. You get what I'm saying? And then all your problems just, all your problems, all up in the church. And yes, church is the right place for your problems, but you keep on messing with them. Have you ever slept with crumbs in your bed? Oh my God, it's the worst itchy feeling in the world, and it sucks. And you got to sit there and take everything off your bed. And you got to just throw all the covers off. And you got to take the pillows off. And you want to make sure that everything's right because you got to get crumbs out your bed. Because it makes you uncomfortable. But in your spirit, you're all messed up. But you're fine with having that in your bed. But you're not right with getting things right with God in your life. But, oh, God, if I have a crumb in my bed, I got to, I got to, you know, you know, Melvin, I've been dealing with some things, and I want you just to take some of this. <laughs> you know, God, I have one little thing God, I need from you, God, just one little thing, just one little thing, one little thing. But then, bam. <laughs> we, just, we just throw a, a rock on God, and we just like, God, I, I need you to take care of this, Lord. That girl in the second row just looked at me like, I hope he does not throw rice at me. <laughs> at my first time at this church, and the pastor is going to beat me with rice. It's Goya, don't worry, my <laughs> sister. See, no, go ahead, no, no, this plan. <laughs> and see, this is your problem. But when you put it with everybody's, you got a mess in your life. And when the whole church, you see, if some of the people just, oh God, I, you, you're fine, don't worry. You were elder in the church, I wouldn't do that to you. If one person in the church had a problem, we could handle that. But when they're all struggling, when they're all a mess, they're catching these STDs in their bed. The thing about STDs is this. Sometimes you never know you got it until you feel a burn. Can I keep it real? Uh, sometimes you didn't know you had it until something begins to hurt. And it's like sin. Sometimes you don't feel the struggle until you begin to hurt in your spirit. See, STDs is a spiritually transmitted disease. Like when you go and you mess with somebody and you're telling them all this gossip and you're messing with your spirit and you give them like spiritual herpes and they can't give God a praise because their mouth is all jacked up. You ever see somebody with a cold sore on their mouth and you said, oh God, I don't come kiss me. I had somebody come to me three weeks ago and they had this biggest cold sore. It was staring at me and I know I'm very good friends with this person, this, this young lady and, and she goes, hi, Felipe. Like, I was like, Hi. Because I saw it on the outside, but the problem is that uh, the real problem with the STDs, both of them spiritual and sexual, is the ones you can't see. That's the real problem, the ones you're hiding in your spirit. The ones you act like nobody knows about. You got spiritual syphilis that messes with your brain at the end stages, if you know anything about syphilis. Can I keep it very real? Can I keep it serious with you? Some of y'all contract spiritual gonorrhea, and every time you begin to pour out, it burns. Because your spirit is all messed up. Because you don't understand that the things you are doing, you have left them in your bed. And every time you go to sleep, they attach themselves to you. And they begin to destroy your life. Delilah is here to devour your destiny. You're hearing me. The sin that you have in your bed, it has got to go in your life. Delilah is here to cause havoc on the church of God. 
Delilah can be a guy, a girl. Delilah can be a gossip. Delilah can be pride or envy. Delilah can be anything. Delilah can be abortion or sexual immorality, homosexuality. Delilah comes in every form, in every way. It's after one thing, to steal your destiny in God. You have got to realize where Delilah lies in your bed. Because if they get in your bed, it's not long before they'll get in your head. Delilah is slander, drunkenness. Delilah is arrogance and stubbornness. Delilah simply wants to destroy every ounce of anointing, confidence, and truth you have in you. The devil is out to destroy your core. He's not here to try and make you be a little sinner. The devil wants you out of the grace of God. The Bible says that Samson slept as he was subdued. You need to wake up in your life. Tell the person next to you, wake up. When you gave your life to God, you were white. As snow, but little by little, the devil entered into your secret place. Somebody shot the secret place. You've got to understand that Samson lost it all because he let Delilah into his bed, into his place of intimacy, into his, his private secret place. Are you listening? Understand that maybe you're not sleeping around. Maybe, but you got some things in your life that every time you go to bed, they're on your mind. That you can't sleep at night back in the bed. Yeah, I'm going to give you some covers, you know. And you're tossing and you're turning and it's just so uncomfortable. You're saying, God, I just, I just want to sleep. You see, you don't understand that lack of sleep is an attack of the enemy. There's no such thing called insomnia. I'm sorry. Everybody in this room at one point said, I think I'm an insomniac. You've got some Delilah in your bed. You've got some things that need some changing in your life. Somebody say changing. The fact of the matter is that Delilah brings these things into your bed. You get caught up in more sin each and every time. And as time progresses, you're dropping your mess just everywhere in your household. And you can't help but move about in your life. And in your house, and no matter what, I hate wearing Tim's to church because every time I walk in this parking lot, uh, I'm sorry, because I know you're the one I called to help me clean after this. I'm just, every time I come to, to church with Tim's, um, you got to understand gravel gets stuck in my boots. And every time I go to my office, it scrapes on my nice tiles, and I, I'm like, ugh. And I got to dig down there and dig some, some, some stuff out my out my. Boots and I'm like, God, I, I don't want to do this because sometimes there's sharp little rocks and they cut my fingers and I need to keep my fingers cool because I pay keys. And you're sitting there saying, God, I don't want to take this stuff out of my life because it might hurt me. And I don't want to take this stuff off my bed, God. That's like when you're in a rush where you go home and throw your clothes at in your bed. And you got to go home every night and clean off your bed because you ain't do a good job of it. And you're home and you don't understand why you have no peace in your mind and, uh, and you are just restless and you're restless and you're tossing and turning. And everywhere you go, there is just all types of mess on you. I don't know about you, but I hate walking barefoot because, because your feet get all types of stuff on them. And, and as you go to pray, you shed stuff in your room. You say, God, take it out of my life, but you never ask him to remove it from your house. And all this mess all around you, you just saying, God, I just don't know what to do you see the, pro the, the problem is this can I can I just talk about it right quick the problem is that you are, are you you're not impregnated by God you're not letting God bring forth life from you somebody say from you you've got to understand that you are liable to contract these diseases of sin in your life because sin is a disease diseases bring forth death the Bible says the wages of sin, the things that make, make it seem worth it for now, for now it seems worth it, for now it's fun.
It re- no, really, it is. I'm not trying to be funny or rhetorical. Sin is fun. Screwing around, yeah, it's fun. Getting high, great, let's go do it. But for a season, it'll last. And then when it fades away, at the end of your life, what is your life about? Because the enemy is out to steal your destiny. The devil is not out to empty the church. He's out to keep you in church while you're in the world. So that every time you're going to minister to somebody, I saw you at Gotham the other day. Don't talk to me. How are you going to talk to me about God? You just cussed your mother out. How are you going to talk to me about God when you can't even treat your sister right? How are you going to talk to me about God when you can't get nothing right in your life? But they want to come holler at me about Jesus right. Can I talk about it? Some of y'all may find these things funny. But let's see 10 years from now how funny it is when your life is in turmoil. The problem is you need to stop having protected intimacy with God. Because every time you come to church, you got this spiritual protection on your life. Because you don't want God to really change your life. You want to be touched but never transformed. That's like when you're living in sin and you start to have protected sex. and Because you, you don't want to contract nothing. You don't want to get impregnated. That's what we do in church. Uncle, we don't really want God to change us. So we put this protection on us. And once we leave church, we just pull it right off and just throw it to the side because it was nothing. Our lives had never changed. That was a great preaching. I said amen ten times. I couldn't believe pastor was on point. He was on fire, but I'm not going to do a darn thing to change my life. Why? Because I forgot. I didn't remember. It didn't mean that much to me. It wasn't really applying to me. But you got a Delilah in your life. And you need to let God impregnate your life. Take off the protection in your life. Tell the person next to you, take off that protection. You can never, you cannot keep coming to church time and time again and not be changed by God. You cannot come to church every week and struggle, struggle, struggle with the same thing. You cannot keep staying on the outside. At some point, you have got to realize that God is calling you to change. And without change in your life, you will never reach a point of destiny. You're going to be infected by diseases and never know it until it has incapacitated you. You've got to get tired of being in bed with the enemy. Your bed is a place of secrecy and intimacy with God. It may just be a little bit of sin. But when everybody has got a little bit of sin, it's a very dirty and messy situation. And when the church is so neck deep struggling in sin that the sinners can't come off the street because we can't tell the two apart. Because we look just like our enemy. And some of y'all sitting here saying, Pastor, I I don't know. Uh, I'm not in bed with the enemy. But the fact of the matter is that the enemy is you. And every time you climb under your covers by yourself, you are poisoning your secret place because you haven't been praying you haven't been seeking God you got all types of little sins that that don't mean a lot but they grow sin is like a baby and you feed it everywhere you sit you're transferring your sin every person you come in contact with and, and you come in contact with and you're, and you're dusting off this sin into their life and next thing you know you didn't know it but now you have spiritual, uh, a spiritual disease of gossip in your life because you saw somebody who you held up here doing a lifestyle that was down here and now you think it's okay to live down there because you, you once had them up there. That's why leaders got to be careful how you're talking and how you're acting around people because they hold you up here. But your life sometimes is down here. And there's every excuse in the book as to why you're acting down here. And then next thing you know, when there's no holiness in the church, you want to look at the want to look at everybody else and say, they gotta live right. I've been preaching right, I've been doing the right things. Listen, I'm preaching to myself. I ain't Jesus. I got problems in my life. I've got issues. I've got sins. I'm preaching this because that's what I gotta do. I gotta clean my bed out. I've got to get rid of the devil in my life. I gotta stop allowing him to, to be in my place of rest. 
At some point, you've got to get tired of being restless in your life. That now you don't even have a home and some of y'all drive around at night because you don't want to go home. Because you can't stand the place God has put you, not realizing you've just infected what God has given you. You understand that? When's the last time you got mad at your body for catching a, a sickness? You have to get upset with yourself that you've allowed your spirit to decay in this fashion because we can repeatedly come before God and we have this protected relationship with him. fact of the matter is you've got to pull that sucker off. It's time you changed your covers. Yes, glitter, really cute, shiny, it shimmers. And your bed is spiritually a mess. All types of just your, your thoughts that you leave there. You understand me? Your words that you speak while you're on the phone in your bedroom. And they linger in the atmosphere. Understand that the Bible says that heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away. You are made in the image of God. He gave you the breath of life, so therefore the word you speak will never die. God said the power of life and death is in your tongue. If I said, Renati sucks, I can never remove those words from the universe. I can never remove those words from the spiritual realm. It's there forever. It just cannot die. That, that's why people go to hell. The Bible says that God will forgive you for all your sins, right? But yet, uncle, he says this, I will hold you accountable for every idle word ever spoken out of your mouth. Your sins, I forgive you. Your words, I'm going to talk to you about that. And you speak these words in your room. You type these words in your room. You text these conversations in your room. And every time you lay down to sleep, the spirit of Delilah turns and he tosses you and he just messes with you and nothing you can seem to do can get you any peace in your life. And you wake up and you say, I can't do this today. I can't do this today. I'm just so tired. I went to sleep on time. I, I don't understand. And your body got sleep, but your spirit never got no rest. Looks like your bed done been in a fight, like you've been wrestling with, with, with Goldberg or something. Like if the rock came and body slammed you on your bed, you got pillows on the floor. Oh, I'm just a wild sleeper because you're restless in your spirit. And you, you got your blankets on the floor, and you're like, how did I take my clothes off while I was sleeping? Where's my other sock at? The only thing consistent in the morning is your breath. <laughs> Outside of that, nothing's ever the same when you wake up. One day you feel great, next day you feel horrible. One day you're on top of the world, next day you're in the depths of despair. One day you're faithful to God, next day you're like a spiritual prostitute of Gomer, where you're running to and fro and from the earth, and, and you never really have a faithfulness to God. Come to church when you please, as you please, how you please, whatever time you please. God owes you, no. You've got a Delilah in your bed. And it is attacking you. From the moment you go to sleep, go back to sleep, bro. You are restless. Sleep medications are not the answer. We've looked for every prescription possible to take care of sin when the fact of the matter says this, just the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ you need. You've got to understand that you've got to get that Delilah out your bed. You've got to come to the terms with that your little issues are causing giant waves in the body of Christ. I think that we have in this room a group of Christians, a group of people who desire to get it right before God. That you could say, you know, God, I really want to change my life. That God, I realize that maybe I've been making some mistakes in my life. But I realize that, God, I've, I've got some big issues in my life that I thought were small. But in reality, I've made a mess of my church, a mess of my bedroom, 
a mess of my life. I've been coming to church for maybe four or five months. Maybe you've been in church your entire life, and yet you are still as far from God as you once were when you were living fully in sin. Coming to church doesn't make you close to God because the church is right here. This is the church. I'm not trying to be deep with y'all today. I kept it real on the surface so y'all can understand that it is not God's will for you to be subdued in your bedrooms, for you to not have peace, thank you very much, in your life, for you to not have a mindset that says, I can do this, Joe, that you can do it. That every day you go to sleep, you don't have to worry about the world, what, what they're going to say, but you can say, I can do this. Because I have a God who believes in me that once you understand the concept that the creator of the known universe has put his trust in you, it humbles me every day to think that he chose me out of millions of people, out of billions, to, to be the person that I am, to give me my unique characteristics that, that make me me. He thought enough to give it to me. And I bet you there's something about you that's pretty special that a lot of people might not know, but yet he, he gave it to you. He gave you that ability. He called me to be a pastor. I'm humbled that he believed in me enough to say that me and him together, we can do some pretty, pretty awesome and incredible things and, then, and that I could change lives through him. And Oh, I'm humbled by that. You've got to understand that God believes in you. That he says, I know you can do it. And I wouldn't change it for nothing. I wouldn't put nobody else in your place because I've been waiting for you and I've been standing here and I've been waiting for you to be like a prodigal son coming back to me. I've been waiting for you to leave that pig pen. I've been waiting for you to say, I'm going to plug myself into you, Father. I just want to come back home. God's waiting for you. Every hurt, every anguish. I was sitting in my office Friday night after service, after I got out of Bishop Thompson's service. And I can't go in depth, but I, I, I received an email that shattered my heart to know that something was going on right under my nose that was so deep and uh, God had tried telling me, but I wasn't listening. And, and something so severe was happening right in my own midst and that I didn't have the... The, the, the discernment, I wasn't, because I had a Delilah in my bed and, and it was stopping me from seeing God all the time. Delilah does that. She blinds you because Samson, he fulfilled his calling, but it cost him his life. And the first thing they did when they captured him, they cut his hair and gouged out his eyes. Uh, Delilah is after your vision. She don't want you to be able to see God. And as I got this message, it just tore my head up and I said, God, I know I'm on point with this message that you want me to preach. And I've been planning it for a couple of weeks. And I said, God, I know, I know you want me to. And Friday afternoon, I went out to lunch with some preachers. And he said, what you preaching on Sunday? I said, sleeping with the enemy. And he literally got up and ran around the restaurant. He goes, I'm, I'm preaching the same thing. You've you got to understand that God wants you to wake up in your life. You've been asleep too long. Things that matter don't really matter. We're so worried about clothes and cars and houses, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives. At the end of the day, you can die tomorrow and never fulfill an ounce of purpose in your life. Why? Because there was a spiritual STD in your life. You never even knew it. You were infected and you were just torn up. And many diseases, there's stages, there's stages of decay in your body difference between HIV, full-blown AIDS, and all those different types of things. There's differences, and I don't know what level you're at. I don't know where in your life you're suffering or how far you've been from God, and I don't know at what stage maybe your spiritual a transmitted disease is at, but I'm here to tell you this, that once you come in contact with the healer, things are done, things are sealed, and you've got to understand that it's time to get that Delilah out of your bed. I don't care who you are, what you've done, what you think you can do, where you think you're at, if you think you went too far, you've got to realize one thing, that God has made an appointment with destiny right now for you. That right now, above all else, 
this is the most important day of your life. You know what day of the year I love? I love my birthday. I'm not proud. I'm just amazed at how awesome I am. Thank you. And I love my birthday because I know I'm getting stuff. Is that true? Isn't that why most of you love your birthday? Except for you philosophical people, I don't like my birthday. It was the day I was brought into this miserable world. How about this? I have two birthdays. I have January 15th, 1986. And then I have my second birthday, which is February 14th. 2008, where I was reborn into a pastor. You, you, you can have your second birthday right here today by being reborn into Christ right now and saying, you know what, God? I don't care how big, how little my situation is. I don't care how saved I think I am, because some of y'all think you're more saved than you actually are, and you walk around on your high horse. Next thing you know, you find out you've been riding a little mule. Because you ain't as saved and as spiritual as you think you are. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You ain't as saved as you think you are. You've got a Delilah in your bed. And if it wasn't so, God wouldn't have brought you to those doors today. Stand with me. Some of y'all might not understand what I'm about to say. I can get an usher just to move this aside. You're all set. Give it up for Erica. The Bible says, the Bible says, you can take care of that for me, that David, son of Jesse, he went to go give his brother some food. I need you to listen really carefully right now. Are you with me? And as he went to give his brothers this food, he came upon the camp of Israel. And they were encamped against the Philistines. You had God's people here. You had the Philistines here. And on the other side was a man named Goliath. And he said all these horrible things. He, he said, send your best man and I'll fight him and whoever wins will serve the other nation. We'll save blood. We don't have to. He cursed the God of Israel. He cursed Israel. He cursed the king and yet nobody stood. Nobody stood against him. Here comes little 12 year old David and David comes in. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen. David knew there was a problem. Nobody told David to go fight Goliath. Nobody had to ask him to go fight. Nobody told him, get your slingshot. Nobody gave him faith. Nobody had to amp him up. Nobody had to do that. I'm not going to ask you to come to this altar. Because David did it because he knew in himself. That he could win a victory. So I have one question. Do I have a David here today? That you understand by taking that step. That nobody has to, oh, squeeze somebody's hand and call somebody. And, and then come to the altar that you say, I just need to be there. So I'm going to go out my seat. And I'm just going to walk up there. Because I know that I'm not, I, I don't have to be called by the pastor and say, I need to answer this altar call. But because I'm a David and I realize that I have a fight to win in my life. And so they came. And David won a victory in his life. Do you have a Delilah in your bed? Do you have something you need from God if I can get my ministry staff? Brother Jose, you can come help us. Just pray for the gentleman at the altar. Maybe you came here earlier. Maybe you said, I answered the other one. Uh, I, I don't feel like if I have a problem. Everybody has a struggle. Everybody has something in your life that is hurting you and is causing you not to get your spiritual recharging done. What is your Delilah? Come on, even right now, as you're standing right there. 
we can just begin to lay hands on some of these young men and young women, if we can just pray over them right now. Church, if you're saved and you're in your seat, I want you to begin to pray and, and just intercede for some of these people right now. Because dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, God, and we ask you, Father God, for a manifestation right now of your spirit, God. God, we need you right now, God, because we don't want to have this mess in our beds anymore. Come on, if you're at this altar, raise your hands right now. I need you to give me an A. And just begin to tell God right now, God, I need you right now. Open up your mouth right now and tell him, God, I want to be a David. I don't want to be a Samson and have my better mess in my life. Come on, begin to talk to him right now. Because you need him right now. You need him right now. You need him right now. You want to have a right now encounter with God. Come on, you want to have a right now encounter with him right now. Because God, I've been too far upon this path. Come on, Holy Spirit, refresh her right now, God. Speak into her heart right now, God. I rebuke addictions right now in the name of Jesus. I command it to leave right now. Come on, God said what you reveal, he will heal. Come on, pray with her right now. Come on, Holy Spirit, work in their hearts right now, Father God. Work in them right now, God. Refreshing wind right now, God. God, we need you right now, Holy Spirit. God, touch him right now, God. No more restlessness, God. Oh, ease his mind and his burden right now, God. God, give him the boldness and the authority, God, that he needs to take control of his bed, God. Control of his life, God. To drive that spirit out of his life, God. Give him strength, God. Unspeakable, God, right now, God. Raise them up, God, right now, Holy Spirit. Raise them up, Father God, right now. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we need you right now, Holy Spirit. God.
on, tell them my life is not my own. Oh, my life is not my own. To you I belong. God, let me get driving out of her life, God. I mean, who can right now in the name of Jesus? I command it to leave right now. Come on, I give myself to you. Come on, my life. Oh, oh, I said my life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. Drive it out of your life. Drive it out of your life. Command it to me. In the name of Jesus, to come before you, God. I rebuke every work of the enemy in her life, God. Bullshit. I must give it doubt, God, that you called her, God. I rebuke it right now. Every fear, God, make it courage right now, God. I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Bring freedom to this heart, God. Uncage her right now, God. True freedom right now, God. Order my seat to God. Come on, church, tell him I give. Come on, tell him I give myself away. Oh God, my life. Oh, my life is not my own. Come on to you. To you I belong. Oh, I give myself. I give myself. I give myself to you. Come on, do you love him this morning? Come on, do you love him this morning? Come on, lift your hands as high as you can right now. Come on, I give my life. Oh, for you, Lord, for all you've done, I give my life. Come on, tell him for you, Lord. For you, Lord. Oh, for all you've done, I give. Come on, church, sing that out right now. Lift your hands, tell him for you, Lord. For you, Lord. Come on, for all you've done, oh, for all you've done, I give my life for you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands high, you can't tell them, for all you've done, give my life, oh God. Come on, just for you, Lord. Tell them one more time for all that you've done. Give my life 
just for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we've come into this place, God, restless and in need, God, of your amazing touch. God, that as we leave this place, God, and as we go about our day, God, that you would begin to manifest in our lives, God. God, that you would begin to, to show us in the places of our lives, in the secret areas, God, where we need to drive that spirit of Delilah, God. God, that even in the places we don't want you, God, get in our business, God. God, get up in our faces, God. Because, God, I don't want to die in this desert, God. But, God, that I want a fresh life in me. God, that I don't want to be restless in my own home. Unsafe in my own bed. But, God, that I want to seek you and find you. God, that I can experience you in a whole new level. Because, God, I'm tired of Delilah in my bed. I'm tired of temptations. I'm tired of restlessness. God, I'm tired of hopelessness in my life. God, we're tired, God. We want to be a true remnant. God, a church that is really understanding of what you truly desire. That we won't put on a show, God. But that we'll go home and we'll analyze our lives. And we'll drive that Delilah from our beds, God. All the honor and praise goes to you, Father. As you've had your hand in this service, God, we ask you, Father God, that you would continue to minister to hearts and minds alike, God. And to those, God, who should have came and did not come, God, that you would, I ask you right now, God, that you would begin to minister and convict them so heavily, God, that they will not be able to operate this week, God, until they get it right with you, God. God, I, God, that you would show them that their restlessness, God, their sleeplessness and their tossing and turning, God, will only get worse until they get a prescription of Jesus, God. God, that we can rebuke it, God. God, I ask you to convict them, God. We speak to you this morning, Father, because we love you so much. God, we need you right now. Just tell them right now, God, I need you. And I want you right now. Somebody just say amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, give it up for Sister Lori right now with final closing announcements.